In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like to wish you all a blessed and happy Feast of Theophany. And usually the question about this feast, why the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized? We know that John the Baptist came to baptize the baptism of repentance. And Jesus Christ resembled us in everything except in sin. So definitely he did not need repentance. Why he was baptized? There are several reasons actually why he was baptized. Let me start with the reason that was mentioned in the gospel just we heard right now. John the Baptist, when they asked him, are you Christ? Are you the prophet? Are you Elijah? He said, no, I am not. Then John the Baptist said, but he who sent me, sent me to baptize that Christ might be revealed to Israel. And God who sent me to baptize told me, upon whom you see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, this is he who baptizes with water and spirit. And he repeated twice that I did not know him, but I have seen and testify that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. This is the Son of God. So, number one, he was, the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized that he may be revealed to Israel that he is the Messiah, that he is the one who will baptize with water and spirit. And God actually sent John the Baptist to baptize for this reason, that when he sees the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove, he would know that this is he who will baptize with water and spirit. The second reason that the Holy Trinity may be manifested. During the day of baptism, the Holy Trinity was manifested. We have the sun in the waters of the river. And the Holy Spirit descending upon the head of the Lord Jesus Christ like a dove. And the Father is speaking from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And that's why this feast is called Theophania. Theo means God. Fania means manifestation. So it is many times actually the Holy Trinity was manifested but in a hidden way in the Old Testament. But this is the first time that the Holy, the, the Holy Trinity is manifested in a very clear way. The Father is speaking from the heaven, the Son in the water of baptism, 
and the Holy Spirit upon his head like a dove. And what is the significance of the manifestation of the Holy Trinity? Not only that we know that God is triune God, three hypostases, one essence, but also to know, because baptism is the beginning of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, but also to know that the economy of salvation is the economy of the Holy Trinity, is not the economy of the Son alone, or the Father alone, or of the Holy Spirit alone. As we say in our hymnology, by his own will and the pleasure of his good Father and the Holy Spirit, he came and saved us. So the economy of salvation is the economy of the Holy Trinity together. But also, with the manifestation of the Holy Trinity, there is something very important I like to explain. First, the Holy Spirit descending on the head of Jesus. And after the baptism, when the Lord entered the synagogue, and they gave him the book of Isaiah, as we read in the Gospel of St. Luke, he read from the book of Isaiah, the Spirit of the, of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Then the Lord said, today this was fulfilled before you. So when the Holy Spirit descended like dove on the head of the Lord Jesus Christ, descended to anoint him in the beginning of his ministry. To anoint him in the Old Testament, who was anointed by the Holy Spirit? Three, the kings, the prophets, and the priests. So the Holy Spirit descended upon the head of our Lord Jesus Christ to anoint him as a king, as a prophet, and as our high priest. What does this mean? You know, before Christ, who was the ruler of the world? Satan. So Jesus Christ came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. So he was anointed by the Holy Spirit as king to establish the kingdom of God on heaven or on earth. And he established the kingdom on the day of his crucifixion. As we read in the book of Psalms, the Lord reigned on a wood. And this was the beginning of the kingdom of Christ on earth. That's why in our prayers, which title we give to our Lord Jesus Christ to say, our Lord, God, Savior, and King of us all. King of us all. And, and St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he says that Jesus will reign until the second coming when he will deliver the kingdom to God the Father. What about the prophet? I told you he was anointed king, prophet, and uh, high priest. You know the prophet delivers message from God to the people. And the priest delivers message from the people to God. 
The prophet like Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, God said to them, go, say to my people. And the priest stand before the altar interceding on behalf of the people. So as you heard in the Gospel of John today, no one has seen God. Who told us about God the Father? The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, has declared him to us. This declaration, this revelation, the Son revealed to us who the Father is, that is the prophetic action. And Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy, he said to the Israelites, from among you, God will appoint a prophet. That's why when the people asked John the Baptist, are you the prophet? Which prophet? They are referring to the prophecy of Moses. So Jesus is the prophet. Actually, in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 1, St. Paul explained the prophetic action of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he said, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. And in the latter days, He speaks to us through his son. So God speaks to us through his son. That's the prophetic action of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what about the priesthood? Jesus came as a high priest. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron. Aaron and his children offered animal sacrifices. But Jesus, when he came, he did not offer animal sacrifices. He offered himself as a sacrifice. St. Cyril of Alexandria says, Jesus is both the high priest and the sacrifice. He offered himself as sacrifice. And as the priest stand before the altar, interceding on our behalf, Jesus, as we read in Romans chapter 8, standing in the Holy of the Holies, before the Father, interceding by his own blood on our behalf. So, Jesus, when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon his head like a dove, in order to anoint him as our high priest, as our king of kings, and as our prophet. But also, as I told you, the Holy Spirit descended on the Lord Jesus Christ not only to anoint him, but there is another reason. The Lord Jesus Christ in the Jordan River is the incarnated Son of God. God who took our humanity, who put on our humanity. So when the Holy Spirit descended upon the Lord Jesus Christ, in, while his humanity is united to his divinity, this opened the door that we also, the human being, can receive the Holy Spirit. We also, the human being, can receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus Christ, in whom the humanity and divinity united together. So in the same way, now, after baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul said, you are the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit abides in you. Yesterday, I was talking with Amuna, and we're reflecting on the hymns that just you heard it right now. 
القرآن نشوشو and its tune its tune is very similar to another hymn that we chanted on the day of Pentecost بي ابنفما and maybe the father of the church made these two hymns have the same tune because both of them celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost the descent of the Holy Spirit like uh, tongues of fire and today we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit like a dove on the head of our Lord Jesus Christ to anoint him as well as to to indicate that we as human beings now can receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can abide in us you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abides in you What about the voice of the Father when he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased? Definitely it's about the Son because the Son obeyed the Father and the Son uh, offered himself as a sacrifice. So definitely he is pleased in him. But there is also another deeper meaning. The deeper meaning is the Lord Jesus Christ again is the incarnate Son of God. He took our humanity. The, the hypostasis of Son took our humanity. And He took our humanity so that we can be united with Him. And the explicit way we see it in this, and how we are united in communion. He who eats my body and drinks my blood abide in me and I in Him. Through this union, we are one of Jesus. So what is said about Jesus is said about us. So the Father said about Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In the same way, we in Jesus, we heard the same words. So God the Father is saying about us, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So in Jesus, we received the grace of sonship, the grace of adoption. As the father said to the son, this is my beloved son, whoever believes in Jesus and united with the Lord Jesus Christ, the father will say to him, this is my beloved son in whom I am with That's why today in the fraction, toward the end of the liturgy, if you're going to pay attention The fraction speak about the grace of sonship. As you have bestowed upon us the grace of sonship through the washing of rebirth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. When we are baptized, we become children. So make us worthy now also that without hypocrisy, with a pure heart, a conscience full of boldness and unerring lips, we may entreat you, O Abba, Father, Through this sonship, now we can call God Abba. I can call him Father, our Father who art in heaven. That's why no one can say the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, except after baptism. Because after baptism, he is son, she is a daughter. And now they can call God the Father, our Father who art in heaven. So, The father, when he said, this is my beloved son, the father says the same word 
about each believer who is baptized and united with the Lord Jesus Christ. Another reason why the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized, if you read the Gospel of St. Matthew chapter 3, the Lord said to John the Baptist, when John the Baptist he told him, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. The Lord said to John the Baptist, we ought to fulfill all righteousness. We ought to fulfill all righteousness. What does this mean? The righteous acts of the law, all of us who are required to fulfill it. But none of us, no a single person in the whole world was able to fulfill the righteous demands of the law. So Jesus Christ came to fulfill all the righteous requirements of the law. And the only one who was able to fulfill all the righteous requirements of the law was the Lord Jesus Christ. So now, when we are united with the Lord Jesus Christ, in him, we will be considered before God as we fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law in Jesus Christ. Like, for example, if there is a girl has a big debt, big loan, and she did not pay it. And this girl got married to a very, very rich man. And now their money is, is the same because they are married. And this rich man paid the debt for his wife. So, also she did not pay anything, but she will be debt-free because her husband paid the debt for her. In the same way, we are the bride, and Jesus is our groom. So he fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law. And because we are the bride and he is the bridegroom, we are one. We are one. The two shall become one. So in Jesus, we are considered that we fulfilled the whole righteous requirement of the law. So Jesus came to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law so that in him we will be righteous. And this is the righteousness of Christ. When you study the book of Romans, St. Paul speaks about the righteousness of Christ and the righteousness of the law. And many people are confused about this. The righteousness of the law is what you need to fulfill by your own effort. And no one was able to fulfill it. That's why St. Paul was speaking about the Jews. While they were trying to fulfill the righteousness of the law, they failed. So Jesus came and those who believed in Jesus actually They received the righteousness of of Christ, which means we are considered as fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law because we believed in Jesus Christ, because we united with him. He took what's ours and he gave us what's his. 
That is the righteousness of Christ that we receive in baptism. That's why when we baptize somebody, we dress him in white. This white cloth represents the righteousness of Christ that we received as a free gift from God. And then we put the red ribbon, which symbolizes the blood of Jesus. So through the blood of Jesus, we received the righteousness of Christ as a free gift from him. If Christ did not pray, our prayer has no value. If Christ did not fast, our fasting has no value. If Christ was not tempted, our temptation will be against us. But Christ, because he prayed, then when I pray in Jesus Christ, my prayer is considered perfect. Not because it's perfect, but because in Jesus Christ. When I fast, my fast is not perfect. But it's considered perfect because Jesus fasted. So in Jesus, it's considered perfect. That's why one time the Lord said something. In the world, you, you will have many tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. When you hear it, God, you are saying, you have tribulation, but I overcome the world. Why we should be of good cheer? You, you are the one who, of, يعني, be of good cheer, but we are having many tribulations. But to understand this verse, because now we are one in him. So because he overcame the world, in him I can overcome the world. In him, all these tribulations, I can overcome them in Jesus Christ. In him. Now we can understand why he said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. When you believe in me and abide in me, you will be considered also as victorious and you will defeat uh, Satan. So all these are why the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized. He was baptized for our sake. He did not, he did not need baptism. He was not in need of baptism, but he was baptized for our sake. That's why we celebrate this feast and considered one of the major feasts, not because we are celebrating event that happened 2,000 years, but because the blessing of the baptism of Jesus, we received it and we enjoyed it until now, the righteousness of Christ, the grace of sonship, the anointment of, of Jesus Christ as our high priest, our king, and our prophet. All these things are blessings that we received and we are enjoying. That's why we say, uh, let us glorify him and let us praise him for he was born, sorry, for he was baptized and saved us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, on God. Amen. Exposition on the Feast of Theophany. May its blessings be with us all. Amen.